Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, let's have ourselves big old tech gumbo today. I'm excited. We're going to start off with a really cool story that scientists are now able to use lasers to guide dangerous lightning to a much more safer path. Yeah, their idea here is that lightning rods are a decent idea, but what if we could just completely channel the lightning somewhere else entirely? And that's what they're doing here. Yeah, they've been experimenting and they use these laser beams focused through a telescope and it's short little pulses up toward the clouds and these laser pulses kind of grab hold of that lightning strike. They got to time it just kind of perfectly. But when it does, the lightning travels back down that laser back towards a lightning rod on top of a a building. So it goes some somewhere safe. Yeah. So the argument that the the engineers who are making this product said is that if you have a 10 meter lightning rod, normally that protects a region of about 10 meters which is fine for roughly a house, but not nearly enough for an airport. Whereas they're saying that their laser device here could protect something up to 10 nautical miles. That's a huge change in the amount of air you're protected. It really is. And this this laser that was using, they diverted four different lightning strikes in this little test that they were doing. And... It it changed the, the whole laser's path. One of them was upwards of 200 feet. Another one was roughly 1,000 feet. And that's a pretty good you know, change of lightning and, and messing with Mother Nature, if you will. Yeah, considering that you were starting with 30 feet, then you jumped to 200 and now playing around with the 1,000, you know, you're really making progress here. They said that they expect commercialization to be at least 10 years away, though. So we're not putting it on buildings anytime soon, but something on the horizon, as we like to do here at Tech Gumbo. 
Absolutely. Just looking out there. Now, you mentioned airports and issues. Well, a few weeks back, January 11th to be specific, there was major outages that went for days. And as it turns out, it was kind of a tech problem. Yeah. So this is what happens whenever you have a lot of government systems, which are 10 years, 20 years, 40 years old. They're not built to be reliant. They're not built to be resilient. And if someone actually accidentally deletes something, then you have a lot of problems that crop up very quickly. Yes, the FAA said that the failures were caused by contractors, not even actual employees of the airport or of the FAA, unintentionally deleted some files that were on the alert systems for pilots, and it left everybody standing still. The planes couldn't move because they couldn't get into the alert system, and it shut the world down. No, I will say the flip side of this is that no one died. No one was hurt. And so, while yes, everyone was upset that their flight was delayed a couple hours or maybe even delayed to the next day, the fact that air traffic remains by far the safest mode of transportation that has ever existed is because of the FAA saying, shut it all down. We have systems, we have redundant systems, we have backups to the redundant systems. And if something breaks, we're going to pause you for a couple hours. But I I would rather this case that, you know, you're you're sitting there grumbling on your phone, drinking a beer at the airport for, you know, another, another round or two, as opposed to, oh, one plane fell out of the sky. Uh, and, and that's fine if it was only a couple of hours. This this one was a couple of days and people were sleeping in airports and airports were, I mean, the hotels around all the airports were, were locked down for days because nobody could get anywhere. And, and it was really frustrating. And, and I get that. But you're absolutely right. It is better to be really, really upset because you had to spend two extra days somewhere as opposed to having to spend eternity somewhere right now, right away. Yeah, because it's the the notice to air mission alerts, which is what what was the thing that was broken, as a very important system in the communications between pilots and the planes and the air traffic control. This wasn't just like a oh, you know, they can't do something small. This was a pretty big deal, and it was very much worth fixing it. And and like we have said many many times, when you've got these these systems that were written, these these software programs that run these airlines that were written when Ronald Reagan was in office, or the first George Bush administration, George H.W. Bush, those things weren't, they're not running Windows 11. Yeah, but even whenever you do have new companies and new codes, sometimes you still have problems. The video game company Riot Games, who makes the League of Legends, they underwent a social engineering attack and someone was able to steal 72 gigabytes of data, which is a lot of the core of their product. And they're asking for a lot of money or they're going to release that code out onto the open web for anyone to come get and make the game a whole lot less important or relevant. And so far, Riot Games is saying, 
yeah, we're not we're not going along. We're not playing along. We'll see how this plays out. It's kind of an interesting dynamic to see ransomware coming that way. Yeah. So it was uh, via an SMS text message that was a phishing scam, which let the hacker trick the employee into handing over their login credentials. So even in a video game company with a bunch of tech nerds, people still fall for these tricks. Make sure that you, the tech gumbo listener, don't fall for those tricks. But Riot has also said that the they don't think that the code that was stolen is super critical because ultimately what the hacker is trying to say is that if I release this code, people will be able to cheat easier at your video game. And if people can cheat at the video game, they're less likely to play it and less likely to spend all the money on it. But Riot has said they don't think it's the super critical. They think they have enough backup, enough redundancy, and they look to be holding out right now. We'll see. So another interesting story. Mercedes-Benz is going to accept liability for their new drive pilot level three autonomous system in the new Mercedes cars. This is a very interesting story to me. We have talked a lot about self-driving cars on this show. And one of the things that we've said so far is that any car you can get in is level two. Your Tesla is a level two, no matter how much they say fully self-driving or whatever, you, the driver, are still in control and the car is just helping you. The fact that this Mercedes-Benz drive pilot is what they're calling their system is level three and that Mercedes-Benz is officially acknowledging that the driver is not responsible until the pilot disengages is so fascinating because this is a major step forward. Mercedes had this first, this this whole thing was first approved on the German highways and it is only supposed to work at speeds below 40 miles an hour. And in the US, it is only gonna work right now in Nevada. But it's interesting that they're, going to take responsibility for anything that happens when the car does these things when the car is in control. And that is exactly that interesting intersection because what decides when the car says, oh, I'm done. I need to hand it back over to you, the driver, because the you know they're saying, OK, you can look at your phone. You can play Tetris. You can play video games. You know, the car is in control. It, you are not responsible for what happens when the car is driving. But when does the car say, oh, you need to take back control? How long does that take? How fast does that happen? How many times does that happen? These are all kinds of really interesting statistics, which Mercedes-Benz has not released yet any of these criteria as to what's going on. Because what happens if they say, oh, you know, the car senses that it's about to get into crash. Oh, you need to take over. And then they say, oh, it wasn't our fault. We weren't in control when the crash happened. You, the driver, were, even though you were put into a scenario wherever you could not recover from that imminent crash. I specifically have done research on this exact topic. Back in 2018, I led a research project at LSU using their vehicle driving simulator, and we found that for the average driver, it was between one to two seconds of reaction time to take back control. 
at freeway speeds, one to two seconds is a lot of ground. At 40 miles an hour, it's about 200 feet. At 60 miles an hour, it's 300 feet. That's a lot of space that can happen and change. And, you know, this is why whenever people have been talking about the goals for self-driving cars, the Google car is not aiming for level three. They're aiming to skip level three and go straight to level four because they're trying to bypass this problem. And Mercedes-Benz has applied to do this in California as well as Nevada. I'm going to be fascinated to see what the state of California says because they're much more strict. They're much more rigorous. They have very much had the stance that if you're coming to test here, you're going to already have proven that this is safe and that you're not going to kill citizens of the state of California. And I am so fascinated to see what happens next. Certainly, there's going to be a lot of video that this thing is going to record. There's a lot of information going to be pumped up to the the cloud, if you will. What Mercedes is kind of saying is that as long as we're in control of the car, and you brought up a good point, where's that handoff? Where's that disengagement happen? You know, if if all of a sudden it it releases two seconds before it knows it's about to crash, but it puts you, well, that didn't really do Mercedes a whole lot of good. And the whole disengaging of this system, I really want to see a lot more about how that happens. It's fascinating that they're jumping out there and taking on this big, huge amount of responsibility. But man, that's kind of a big one. Oh, absolutely. It's only on their next generation of cars. It's not currently available, soon to be available. It's expected to cost, you know, an extra in Europe. It's about an extra six to seven grand. So, I mean, you are going to be paying for it. But as you said, that liability that they're taking on, that's exactly the reason why Google and Ford and GM have said, we're not going to touch this level three because that handoff is just so fraught with problems. That's what does it take for the car to disengage? How often does the car disengage? Those are our statistics that we know really well for the Google car. They have to report that to the state of California and we can track those year over year. We can see it getting better. We can see it getting smarter. And I just really want to know a whole lot more before I would put myself or put any of my loved ones into this car and trust the system. I'm not saying it's bad. I just want to see more first. That's definitely one of those, okay, y'all go ahead and do that and let me know how it works out for you. Mm-hmm. And, and get back to me in about a, a decade when and I'll be ready. If this is super cool. I just don't need to be on the bleeding edge of this technology. Really? Yeah, this is because this is bleeding edge. This not even cutting edge or the this is the bleeding edge. And moving along, Apple has released their iOS 16.3 for their iPhones. And what's big about that is there's now physical security keys available as part of the security that goes along with the iPhone. Yes, there are devices such as YubiKey which plugs into the phone via the lightning port, and it works like a physical key that can help to lock or unlock your phone. These things are great. It also helps with, you can do two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication, whichever way you want to call it. And this is great. More and more people spend more and more of their lives 
in their smartphones and less time on a, on a traditional computer, having these levels of security is really good. Good for, for Apple for doing something like this. Samsung, not to be outdone, uh, is looking to add to their camera. They are increasing from 12.5 megapixels up to over 200 megapixels on, on their next generation camera on the S23. And that's great. That's wonderful because I've always wanted 200 megapixels on a camera because I need to know what the pores on my neighbor across the street look like, I guess. Yeah, I I very much agree. Both of these stories are meh. They, they really don't move me to go out and buy the newest phone. And it looks like a lot of other people feel that way because 2022 had the lowest number of smartphone shipments since 2013, almost a decade a, a low. That's really, really impressive. And considering 2022, we're coming off of the pandemic and not, a, I guess maybe everybody ran out during the pandemic and bought a new smartphone in 2021 and decided I'm not going to do anything in 2022. No, because we had the chip shortages. You couldn't get us a new smartphone. And people, so, it's not like people are less on their phones. They just have said, well, if I'm going to drop $600, $800, $1,000 on this thing, it's going to last me. Yeah. According to the IDC, people are now waiting 40 months between purchases of phones. So do the math. That's over three years that people are keeping their smartphones nowadays. And that's not good if you're... Apple or Samsung or in Google with their their phones, anybody who's making these phones and people are saying, what's the difference between the iPhone 12, 13, 14, iPhone 26, whatever, 27, that's whatever number you're going to come out with. It's not getting that much better. I don't see any difference. I'm happy. I'll stick with mine. We really haven't seen major innovations in the smartphone field for a while. Samsung had their their flip phone, uh, the Galaxy Z Folds or whatever they're calling it. And as someone who takes the subway, I see a lot of people on their phones every single day. And I could count on one hand the number of these flip fold phones that I've seen. They seem fine, but I don't know. There's nothing about it that says, oh, my current phone is just so much less. I need to go jump this three and a half year cycle. And even then, two years from now, because I'm about you know one year into my current cycle, I don't know that I'll go grab that Z Flip or whatever, because I really don't know that it does a whole lot for me. Now, the other thing to consider is because iPhone and, and Google phones, you can now go and have them fixed and, and or repaired much easier. Your screen cracked. Okay, I can go to iFixit and they can they can just I can pay 70 bucks and get a new screen instead of 700 more. Fine, I'll just go ahead and get a whole new phone for $700. No, I don't need to do that anymore. Or I can fix it myself. That is exactly why Apple fought this so hard, because it's also about that third-party repair. If you walk into the store, you have the charming sales rep who says, oh, well, the upgrade, it wouldn't happen. We could get you a deal on it and all those sorts of things where you walk in the iFixit store, this guy says, yep, 70 bucks, come back in an hour. 
and you're in and out. And the thought never crossed your mind to upgrade. There was never the, the opportunity to make the sales pitch. And that's why Apple is scared to death of this because now that people are saying, well, I don't need a new one, that's going to start to eat into their bottom line. And I don't need 200 megapixels on my phone camera either. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.